0: corner conversation on the book of Acts. Today we're looking at Acts chapter 20 and our conversation on again this commitment through the process and you also get to hear some nice kids next door. Enjoy.
1: (laughs) We're live. Here we are. Then you kick stuff and break things. Back at it again. If you hear extra noise in the other room it's because uh, Scott just finished and we just installed a New kids coffee, espresso bar, play area. Which is really cute. We're giving really, free shots of really espresso cool. to all kids. Free fans. shots <laughs> for any kids. I could have I could have integrated with or without parents. Only on the guys. way home. Only <laughs> when they leave. <laughs>
0: have A really tiny, like the super automatic espresso machine, in there so that it just puts out a really bad, bitter shot. It just burns everybody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's also true. All the children <laughs> just crying and crying. Zach can vouch for Why how hot, so
3: hot, hot. a portafilter gets. Oh, it
1: gets warm, warm, warm. <laughs> Yeah. If you take it off, if you take it off, if you take the basket off and put it immediately on your skin. Your body does this whole thing where it like shivers. Your whole body shivers. It's fun. <laughs> Oh my goodness! It's only like two hundred and ten <laughs> degrees. <That's laughs> very very warm.
3: That's it. It's a fun brand. Yeah. It was a couple months. He had a little circle. Yeah,
1: a circle. It was like a temporary tattoo. Uh, oh, cool. Scarification. You're whatever your family, you want to call it. Long, maybe,
2: yeah. Yes.
3: Do you guys ever have those moments where? You do something and then later you go, my brain was not working. Oh, every <laughs> never. My brain
2: is functioning all the time. Because
3: no. that was the it's moment bad. I burned Zach. I go, I pulled the portafilter filter out. I'm like, this is you hot. Did this? And I put it on That's, Zach's oh, arm. No. It was kind of like While he was talking to something and I pressed hard. Oh, no. And then afterwards he punched me. And then afterwards I go, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, what was
2: happening? I did not
1: here? think at I all. Think, oh, I could no. be just imagining this, but I feel like out of my peripheral vision, I saw you do the like
0: <laughs> yeah well you have forth. to just imagine from me being 15 20 feet away and looking over there and just seeing this oh my goodness. my head jerked over attention was drawn when you see the speed jerk when you get burned he you was know, like <laughs> and then then the next response is a flailing punch <laughs> <laughs> and then it's all like it's also it is one of those and it's not but it it was like one of those moments where you're just like oh the kids are fighting over there. That's fine. <laughs> the kids are
2: fighting. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't feel like I have
3: those moments often where I do something and I'm like, wow, I, my brain did not think that uh, through at no. all. But that was wow. that was a very clear one for me. The wow. way
1: you feel about that is the opposite of what I feel because I'm more like, wow, my brain worked really well there. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> You're surprising to you think things through. Wow, I really really planned brain. that out well. <laughs> Thought through all the variables. Yes. Usually, my non-thinking <laughs> things are in response to something like an impulse. Mm-hmm. I we were with friends at a cabin, and someone came up behind me, and it was, she was like a, you know, four and a half, no, five foot tall. Stick of a girl came <laughs> up and pushed me, and I went up on the edge but didn't go in. And oh, at, without on the water thinking, or dock or something. Yeah, at the end of the dock, without thinking about it, I turned around, and I grabbed her right here. And I threw her about eight yeah. feet into the lake. Oh and then God. I went, I'm so sorry. Oops. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, that no. impulsive like reaction. That's fun. Mm-hmm. That's Which, she point. didn't have a to burn. so that's, that's,
0: that's what Zach was doing. That was an impulsive response. Yeah.
1: The flail punch? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yep. Is. Uh, when does an. I, I mean, impulsive responses can be bad. Oh, yeah. Is there like how do you how do you temper them?
1: How do you I mean, there's there's a good side and bad side to everything, right? So yeah. like Greg's lack of impulsivity compared to mine is really, really good in some moments where you get yourself hurt. And I think everybody is impulsive when it matters, but like I'm wired to be impulsive. so in a moment where it really really counts, like, I don't know, this is completely made up, but I'm like, Walking along a yeah, rock cliff with my kids and one of them, like, just about falls over the edge and I am able to impulsively grab them quickly, yeah. you know.
0: It, well, you would parkour, parkour off the wall mm-hmm. and do a cartwheel. Yeah, I mean, it would them. actually be them mm-hmm.
1: grabbing me quickly. So yes. I <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 I, you know, I've had those moments, like, when, last year we were at the Grand Canyon and, uh, I love to just sit with my feet dangling off to uh, the bottomless hole. and But when we were there, it was so windy. And just thinking, you know, there are a lot of things that impulsively could go wrong right now. And I probably would be safer if we're 20 feet back. But this is fine. It was a good idea.
2: What well, are things that, like, as a mom... I get such angst around those places oh, yeah. like I just want to be like everyone hold my hands <laughs> <laughs> everyone back I just, I, I'm
3: Zach to is
0: work. forced to hold your hand hold <laughs> my hand right <laughs> get over <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: The likelihood of that um, moment happening is not zero <laughs> no, is, I
2: feel like there's moments I can think, think of there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we were walking around the city and I think you're Atlas, come over here I <laughs> and Joy wasn't around. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, I'll hold, yeah. I'll hold Atlas's hand. In. It was probably the walking distance
1: day. Yeah, yeah. it might have been. Probably some yeah. of that. And I don't I, know. Yeah. I've been yeah. less... You grow up and you realize, like, oh, I've got kids who will have no dad if I do a dumb thing, so you got to change to realize. <laughs> the great
3: part is that your kids also realize that. Because yeah. one time you oh, were yeah. climbing on a roof and your daughter looks at me and goes, um... Do you know how to get us home if my dad dies? Oh, no. Oh, no. Straight, like 100% oh, serious. No. Oh, no. <laughs> like, he should not be doing no, that. No, not worried about him. Just like, <laughs> well, this might be the time.
2: <laughs> this is I think I about be, this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: always knew this day was coming. Oh,
2: no. <laughs> and it's, it's
0: one thing if you are a 15 or 16-year-old kid, but if you're five, saying that, right? Yeah. She was
3: five. Yeah, probably
0: five or six.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. I have so many moments <laughs> where I should have died and I didn't. Like, wow. The Lord was faithful. But I don't know. <laughs> oh, I swear. I just like...
0: Well, I... I think the... Not that... I think God does protect us. But I think... It my guardian? He does, I, but it's my I guardian think, angel. But I think that also God is, says often... And this is what I hear him say. Well... You gotta do your part too, buddy. Mm-hmm. And this is a
3: partnership.
0: Yeah, and if you, you know, you feel like, "Well, I'm invincible until God's done with me,"
3: mm-hmm.
0: I don't. I think that's a hard theology to live because. Yeah. Um, I think we have a pro- pro- high probability of making a mistake that can have huge impact, and it doesn't always kill yourself or somebody else, but it can.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is a great
0: conversation. Well, it's, the thing, and, and it actually about goes.
2: about us going to Houston and me like watching Zach be like Zach, stop! Inside myself, just please no, you stop,
0: don't, no, Zach. No, just make sure that we're close when you yell, Zach, come here. You're in timeout.
2: <laughs> it is time for you to sit down. Sit
0: down right here on the.
2: How old are you? That's how many minutes you get.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: Goodness. Sorry oh, guys, man. I'm in
1: my 33 minute break. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh
2: man. But
0: the, the power of that it really goes back to where we are in, in Acts is that Paul has been living out this commissioning. You know, there is the calling to go, but also there is the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And Paul I think it's such a faith statement to say that if you want a window into what it looked like to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and have this partnership with God and living out the Great Commission. I, I Again, my faith says that. Acts is a good window into that. And it wasn't... Acts was not a story of them doing it perfectly or it going perfectly, but yet it still happened.
1: I think it's more a story of how much screw-up happened and how like, the miracle of God showing up in the number of screw-up things, <laughs> which feels a lot more like the faith process to me than what I'm used to thinking it is, Mm -hmm. that like, oh, following Jesus is about the moments where success is in place and God is like, yeah, you got it, you did it, way to go. And it's, I don't know, I see life is a lot more full of, I mean, it depends on the season, but full of moments where things suck and things are a mess and the miracle of God's presence and provision and even at points stepping in and miraculously changing things or Hmm. fixing things happens. Like, Those are the moments where you see such a a very wide gap of like, wow, this situation was completely impossible, and then God did this thing, you know, I think in the success we don't actually see God as much as we do in the pain or the failure or the issue, and that's hard because I like easy, and I like success, and I like lack of struggle.
2: It's hard to move forward, I think, sometimes. Like when I think of acts, I think I always feel like I should have all my ducks in a row get before your act I like get my acts. Oh my there. <laughs> <laughs> That's but what this like, series should have been called. Oh, too. that would have been. I'm <laughs> <been> sad now. <laughs> can we go back? But I feel like I, before moving forward, I always feel like everything should be. I should be perfect, and this should be perfect, and yeah. all these pieces should be working together. And acts has been almost like a breath. Like I can relief. I feel relief because like. I know it doesn't have, it's not always going to be perfect. And even in the imperfection, and even in like Paul's impulsivities and yeah. like his imperfections, like God keeps working, God keeps moving. And like, I mean, it's said over and over again that through all this, God, the word of God is still spread. And it's like, yep, in all my brokenness, it still keeps going.
0: Yeah, here Paul is, he's being perceptive. It's, it's probably very obvious, but also he's feeling like it's, God is telling him, the Spirit is telling him, that he's about to face incredible hardship. It's uh, He's heading back to Jerusalem, and chapters 21 through 28 are that actually happening, him being arrested and passed around and finally ending up in Rome. But a theme comes out that becomes a theme in his writing. But he says, in verse 24 of 20, he says, My only aim is to finish the race, complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, and Again, finishing the race and complete the tasks the Lord's given me has, doesn't have a connotation of perfection or it going easy or well, even well. Hmm. And how in the world do you get to this place where you, know, you have this, what, what is the task that I've been given? And what does it mean to do it until the
3: end? I feel like the hard part is you have to have some certainty of what the task is, I, yeah. I think. Paul? Paul is somebody with a high level of confidence Mm -hmm. and it's probably a lot comes from his experience and stuff over time. But I feel like a lot of times I'm like, wow, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do, let alone what I know I'm supposed to do consistently for a long time. Like, I guess you could look at it that way, but then the other side of me says it's not not some big thing. It's really just being consistent in the little things and those things add up over time. So like... What I don't I don't know what God has ahead of me, but I do know that God doesn't want me to lie, mm-hmm. or like the small things. Yeah. He wants me to to do my best in what I've been given to meet the needs that I see around me. Like I know I do know that's what God wants, and so yeah. like yeah. the race is maybe made up of a bunch of those little things. Consistency over time in those those areas.
0: Yep. The then the conversation that we're having this this week out of that is. Um, being persistent in our own efforts, but also being open for God to help Plus, this this empowering of the spirit to happen. And I think the two extremes, again, may not necessarily be effective or probably are not effective, but are kinda of easy to aim for is to it's all up to me. I I have to do this. God is disappointed if I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. And then on the other end of it is like uh, God, I'm your willing vessel. I, uh, Marionette me. Uh, I was going to say, stick your arm up my back. And, Move my mouth, God! Uh, okay. But it, I think it's very easy to um, want the empowerment of God to just happen to us, and we're just kind of a passive vessel in that. And so, what what is it to actually... The tasks that are placed before us to truly trust and be empowered by God and yet truly be trustworthy and giving our best effort
3: towards it. Anybody?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've talked a lot about not emulating and Paula really is a unique person in a unique season of when we look at the history of Christianity and everything not just since Jesus, before Jesus as well, everything that pointed to him, but really since Jesus that Paul had a really specific point in that story. Um, you know, we can think, yeah, Greg, what you said, I don't, I don't really know what God always wants from me specifically, but I know, I know the small things and the repetitive things. Paul here, it's so interesting how clear he is like you say, his confidence. He's so clear on what his task actually is that he had these amazing experiences all the way back at the beginning of the book of Acts, the letter from Luke, that he was a man who had grown up in Judaism and he knew the law, he knew God, he had served God to the best of his ability and yet just didn't know Jesus and was so closed off to the idea of Jesus that he was persecuting those who followed him. And so once Jesus goes to him and... Says, Paul, it's, it's me. I am Jesus. Oh, I can't say that without the dumb Jesus dub going through my head. I am Jesus. <laughs> but when, when that happens, it's not just that Paul had this like crazy conversion, he did, but it's also that he had these decades of life and faith and experience with God that were all just being reframed a little bit, and how Jesus was really clear with him from the beginning. God was clear with him from the beginning that, uh, Paul, this is what I have for your life. Um, you were this, now you're this. He gets to the end and he says, you know, if I have finished the race. We get into that this week as well. Just talking about this concept of race that Paul speaks up through a lot of his letters. But from the beginning, he knows, like, I do have a specific aim from God. Hmm. And it's really powerful to see less of, okay, how do we have to get a specific aim from God and more... This is what happens when you choose to listen, and you choose to follow, and this is how God works with you in that process. Paul has all the hardships, he has all the moments where for years at points he doesn't know what he's actually supposed to do specifically, and God's with him and communicates truth to him and says, don't be afraid, I'm going to be with you. There's a lot that goes into it. So I think that's what I take away, is that as Paul has this specific task of testifying the good news of God's grace is what he says in verse 24. That's really great for him. And in my regard, what is the thing that God has called me to, whether it's specific or general? Mm-hmm. And more importantly, like, how do I see God at work? In what ways is he inviting me to see him more clearly?
0: And this this becomes one of an infinite number of moments where being told has some, maybe some impact or some insight, but processing and dealing with this is what the faith process is. I think true transformative, life-changing, something that you can finish to the end uh, is not gonna be something that you were just told to do, but something that you've uh, processed with in your relationship with Christ. Definitely something that's chosen. Yeah. 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 And so when you go all the way back to um, impulse responses, yeah, <laughs> Zach's impulsivity, or whatever it is that we were talking about, is that um, this Paul in the this going into this transition in life, there's this real deliberateness that's different than all he's been very impulsive to a degree all along, and then all of a sudden in the midst of this he goes, you know what, uh, I just. I just need to finish the task that God has given me. That's what's where the value is. I
2: feel like in this chapter, like something that just over and over stands out to me is just that like he has been impulsive and now he's like in this saying goodbye part where he has to go to different places and go to different regions and I mean kind of all the same area, but like he has to go and say like, you know, when he's talking till dawn and like he feels desperate to get everything out, like I feel like he's been impulsive, but now he realizes, like, he's never going to see some of these people again, and he goes and he takes time with the Ephesians to say goodbye and to mourn with them and to, you know, like, I love how, like, it talks about how, I mean, I don't love it, but they're all crying together, and it's like there's something about that, like, them taking that time to do that Mm -hmm. instead of just disappearing. Like, Paul's so impulsive. I could totally see him just, like, being gone and just yeah. heading to Jerusalem and forgetting to say goodbye to anybody. But he really goes, Okay, I have to go and sit in this. I have to say goodbye. I have to, I have to like tell these new leaders that like it's on your shoulders now. Yeah. And he may not do that perfectly, but he does do it. And I don't know. I don't ever want to miss that moment where it's like, Okay, like he, like I think of older people like just loving us and doing what they can to, it's so distracting next door. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, but um, like loving us and being, and and setting up the next generation yeah. instead of instead of like holding deep to what they had to do they were like now it's this is yours and yeah. I don't know I really am glad that Paul took that moment because I feel like we we can move forward too quickly and forget yeah. to stop and say hey we may not see you again yeah. not mourn
0: what's well, an important process I encourage you to be a, a reader of text if you haven't ever sat down and read the four sections of Acts a, a section at a time, uh, or just re- tried to read it all in one sitting, this, it's a powerful narrative that it's very easy to miss if you take it out of context, and if you read it all in one, one gulp, it's, uh, well, this is kind of messy, but I guess it's okay, <laughs> and that's, uh, that's an important thing, thanks. See you later, guys.